An age of runes, a time of war. The fury of the mages unleashed. Cities aflame, continents sundered. Rintera undone, it seems unraveling. Targon's impossible peak did tremble. Celestial eyes saw their doom and wept for what had become of mortals. Every soul cried out for justice. Every heart a contest of arms. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Runeterran universe. I'm your host, Jacob, or Skullhead Soldiers, and let's begin. Now, today, like I said, we're talking about the Canticle of the Winged Sisters. This is an epic poem that comes from the, the family library of the Crown Guard family in Demacia. It's supposed to be a very ancient epic poem, and it tells the tale of basically the events that led to the founding of Demacia and Demacia's culture through the conflict of Kale and Morgana, who are the titular Winged Sisters. Now, the story of the Winged Sisters through the canticle essentially goes along the lines of as refugees were fleeing from the Rune Wars, uh, amongst those refugees were these these twins, these two sisters, uh, which are Kale and Morgana. Their father was mortal, but their mother was actually at the aspect of justice at the time. Now, it's a bit unclear about what led to their mother's death, but all we do know is that probably due to the conflicts of the Rune Wars, their mother was slain, and her sword literally descended from the heavens, split in two, and landed before Kale and Morgana. Uh, due to them being the daughters of someone who was already an ascendant when uh, she gave birth to them, they already were inherently celestial in nature. And so the moment she died and they picked up her swords, they became the new aspects of justice both of them did. Now, why is this important? This is kind of unheard of. We've never heard of an aspect basically being split in twain between two to between two hosts. This is very unusual. As well as this idea of semi-divine, semi-mortal aspects as well. This is a bit of uncharted territory. It's very, very interesting in that way. But getting past that... Once they both became an aspect of justice, they quickly began to develop a different idea of what that meant, what justice was to them. And this is important for the, the overall canticle of the Winged Sisters because it leads into the overall conflict of not just the epic poem, but also of Demacia. Kale went down a much more direct path of justice. She basically became judge, jury, and executioner. In her mind, the only form of justice that mattered was a an immediate, brutal sense of justice, very much uh, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth kind of sense. Meanwhile, Morgana, what, 
viewed justice as more of this idea of absolution, atonement, and mercy. She was all about redemption. Like, when you think about it, they basically became divided into eye-for-an-eye style justice, uh, where the punishment fits the crime, supposedly. While Morgana was all about redeeming people and trying to heal them and bring them back into society, it it's a very old debate over which form of justice is the more effective form of justice. Well, as they went about their duties, you could say, as protectors of this fledgling Demacia, because that's what they became, they basically became protectors of these refugees and these people in the Petrosite Forest. Well, as the rumors were still going on, people began to attack these refugees. Particularly, they attacked a, a city called Zephyra. Now, Zephyra is kind of the linchpin of what becomes their conflict, because Kale, due to her nature as this very much fiery, I'm going to go out there and deal justice myself kind of attitude, she flies out there and begins battling the encroaching army herself in a very volatile and violent way, but she's very effective. She starts slaying their foes before them. However, unbeknownst to Kale, there was a second detachment of, of the army that was circling around and was going to directly attack the city itself, putting all the people inside, like all the civilians, refugees, in great danger. Morgana figured this out, and so she focused all her power into protecting the city with a massive magical shield, basically preventing any possible uh, attack for emptying the city. Due to this, she couldn't help Kale, and this becomes important because Kale, during the battle against the army, called out for Morgana's help. And Morgana didn't come. She she stayed with the city to keep all the civilians safe and all and everyone in there safe. And this began the split between the two. And this also shows, once again, the delineation between the, each form of justice that the Canticle is really focusing on. Kale, once again, was the form of justice where it's immediate, brutal, and precise, while Morgana was protective in her justice. She protects the people, which is, a, in, a, in, a way, in a sense, a form of justice. Due to this, uh, Kale's form of justice, the more direct, obvious, um, bombastic kind of justice, began to gather a following around her. And this following very much did not like Morgana, Part of this could have become Morgana um, visually was much more dark and uh, gothic in kind of view and kind of a look and visual, unlike Kale, who was much more heavenly and divine looking. Now, you could like toss up like whether or not that influenced their decisions, like like culturally speaking, the matter of view, like oh she's darker looking and has all these purples and blacks on her, or oh, she must be uh, the lesser of the two or the more evil of the two, or something along those lines. Just inherent biases. <laughs> just to a, a basically an outfit choice Morgana had. But why this is important is there comes a point where Kale is about to dish out justice on someone who specifically calls out to be redeemed. They ask for help in redeeming themselves and becoming a better person. Kale is just like, nah, I'm just going to chop off your head and that'll be the end of it. Morgana comes up to Kale and is like, whoa, 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 they're asking for redemption. Let me do that. And in the canticle, it is told that in this moment, Kale still loving her sister, 
bent to bent to her her wishes and allowed her to take the prisoner away and hopefully go on to redeem them. This did not go very well over the basically cult following that Kale had at this point. And one of their members went out and tried to kill Morgana. I'm not sure why they thought they could kill a even a semi, like a half aspect. Like, I don't know where, where they thought that would be possible, but they thought they could do it. Because they viewed her as a fallen aspect, as a fallen person. So therefore they deserve to be killed and punished. Uh, just due to who she is. Well... Morgana defended herself. Like, she defended herself, and how she did it is, it's kind of described in the canticle that um, the the cult follower, or whatever you want to call them, like, he was going to use chains to, like, bind her, it seems like, or hurt her in some way. Maybe they're petricide chains, we don't know. And Morgana's like, cool trick, uh, let me show you mine, and she basically uni-reversed him, and sent her own dark black chains at him to prevent him from harming her, but due to her immense power from being an aspect, they basically immediately killed him. Kale, at this point, was pretty favorable to her cult following. Like, she was, she has her own weird sense of protection for those who follow her. As she does for refugees in general, even if she's more direct about it. But once she realized that her own sister killed one of her followers, she was infuriated and decided to rain hell down upon the city they were in at the time, um, it's a bit unclear why this is. We may explore this more when we get to Kale and Morgana's specific lore at a later date. But in this moment, Kale's like, okay, I'm going to rain down fire. That's what the canticle says. So Morgana, of course, is not okay with this and flies up to battle her sister in the sky above the city and to protect all the morals below from the raining fire and all that stuff. Unfortunately, this battle gets way out of hand. And in the process, their father, who was calling out to them to stop fighting, is slain. He is killed by... It's a bit unclear about which one of them killed him. It seemed it was an accident either way. And the moment their father fell, Morgana instantly is by his side. And this is like, I'm so sorry. Please don't die. And of course he dies. And Morgana is just like, look what you've done. It Was he deserving of your wrath, essentially? Is this the kind of justice you want? Which is, um, once again, comes back to the canticle being all about the sense of what is justice. And in the end, Kale doesn't doesn't respond and she just she flies away. She flies off to Hargon. And Morgana, meanwhile, binds her own wings. And once again, really splitting the two essences of justice and also their, their aspects of them. Kale flies up as high as she can to the tallest peak in the world to Targon. Mima Morgana binds her own wings with her chains, putting her as low as possible to the earth so she can be with mortals. Very opposite reactions, which leads to, once again, the opposites of their senses of justice. Morgana was always about the weak and the downtrodden and trying to help them. That was her form of justice, while Kale was all about order and strict and punishing the wicked. That was each aspect of the sense of justice, and that's what the catalog kind of ends on. Um, in a very interesting way, where instead of ending on this question of which form of justice was right, it basically ends on a pretty ominous note that uh, in Damasya's greatest time of need, Kale will return, but it will basically be a mini-apocalypse. It's unclear if they're saying Kale's return will bring about destruction, or 
whatever's going to threaten Demacia that requires Kale's return is going to be such a level of destruction to Demacia that's, that's never been seen since the Rune Wars. It's a bit unclear which, but that's the sense of the epic poem. It's a bit vague on the ending, but that's the whole story of the Canticle and the Winged Sisters. Now, we're going to start diving into these differences in justice and how they influence Demacia's culture, but we're going to do that after a quick break. Hey everyone, do you enjoy the Elder Scrolls? Do you like to hear about the lore in an RP setting? Well, do we have a show for you. Come join us on Elder Scrolls Off the Rails for our Let's Play episodes, our random banter, and maybe some of our upcoming D&D campaigns. You can find us wherever podcasts are available. If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash skullheadsoldiers, where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games and discuss the lore and gameplay of these properties. Another quick announcement, I have a Discord channel now. On the official Robots Radio uh, Network Discord, you can find my channel there. Uh, if you scroll down, it's going to be under the Rocket Club uh, section of Discord channels, and it will be under League of Lore. So you can go in there, chat up, like ask me questions, and I'll do my best to answer them there as well. With that, let's get back to the show. Now, this entire Canticle of the Sisters, this entire epic poem, is a tragedy. It is a tragedy of two sisters who, due to their differing views on what justice was and how to implement those senses of justice, led to a severe conflict that ended in the death of their father, and basically them both abandoning Demacia in their own ways. Vergana abandoning it and that she'd fled into the forests around Demacia and just disappearing from the limelight, basically becoming a myth. Meanwhile, Kale went off and flew up to, to Targon, like literally fleeing the the wills and troubles of mortals so that she could become more pure. And that is really what this comes down to for their their individual senses of justice and how this comes about to influence Demacia as we discuss in the Canticle. Now, how does this influence Demacia? Well, as I mentioned, there's that cult following that developed around Kale. Morgana didn't really have as much of one, although there's some hints that maybe people still secretly worship Morgana in modern-day Demacia, but we'll get to that in a bit. What this cult following eventually became is the primary belief system and religion of Demacia. That is why Demacia has a lot of uh, wing motifs, like their symbol is literally a sword with wings on each side of it. And that is because of Kale. They're literally worshipping Kale. Kale is the justice they strive for. That is why Demacia is so strict, so orderly, all, all about this militaristic authoritarian kind of sense of we do what we must do to to preserve our, our sense of self and our sense of our country, no matter what. And it also feeds into their hatred of mages, because mages don't follow, don't fit in right. I mean, literally, they f were fleeing from mages d due to the Rune Wars. So due to this, it caused their sense of justice to warp around this, very much this hatred of magic. And probably due to Kale's efforts to fight off like incoming armies, which probably had a lot of mages in them, and just through her very direct sense of how to solve the problem, which was uh, stab it until it goes away, 
that's very inviting for people who are really angry and lost and hopeless. That's someone like that, someone with that much power and just influence just due to who she is as an aspect of justice and due to her behavior. It makes a lot of sense that she became the figurehead that the Mossians rallied behind instead of Morgana, who was much more subdued and was more about going and helping the small people, while Kale was around doing these big displays of power and justice and all that stuff. And so, once again, the cult became the primary religion of Demacia, and they literally do worship Kale as the, the winged protector of Demacia, completely foregoing Morgana's even existence. If Morgana is in their in their mythology at all at this point, she's probably like their boogeyman at this point. Uh, the one who will go help the mages and bring the downfall of Demacia. That's kind of the sense we get from, from some other stories as well as the Canticle's overall feel. Although I will note that the Canticle, Other Winged Sisters, does, like I said, it doesn't really say which one is correct, which form of justice is correct. It sort of just posits the question. It may end in a more f slightly favorable light to Kale, basically being like, oh, Kale's going to come back and save us potentially. Who knows what Morgana's going to do? But at the same time, it's still just telling their story. And I find it very interesting that there's, there is probably bias in there, but it's not directed towards either Kale or Morgana. It seems fairly even-handed in representing each of them and their beliefs through poetic stanzas and through the emotion it gets across, like with the death of their father and how the, all that says. Which, interesting in that is, it actually, the canticle does not specify it is the father who died. You have to figure that out through context clues and also through reading Kale and Morgana's biographies. By the way, we, we get the sense of what that means to them and how impactful that is. And due to all of this, the canticle of the Winged Sisters is essentially the story of the tragedy of Demacia. Demacia could have been a much more forgiving, uh, welcoming place where its mantra of if you work for the greater good of Demacia, you are welcome here could have been tr actually true. But instead, due to the events between Kale and Morgana, due to the cult following around Kale and the shunning of Morgana and the attempted assassination of Morgana by one of Kale's followers and then the, the fallout from all of that, they now instead view Kale's form of puritanical, just, if you do not follow the law, you die. If you do not follow what I say, you die. Like, very strict and very draconian in a lot of ways. Now, that's not to say that Demacia is always draconian or always super, like, evil in that sense, but it very much shows where their thought processes are that between the two sisters, it's Kale to go to. And like I said, it's probably because they were so angry at the mages and Kale was the one fighting against the mages most actively that they followed her. They wanted vengeance. They wanted justice in that sense. And that led to what we now know as Demacia. Now, like I said, this whole canticle is in the Crown Guard Family Library. And I find that interesting that they have it in there because of its more nuanced take on Morgana and Kale. And I wonder if maybe they don't let many people read this read this epic poem, and maybe there's another version of it that's much more widespread amongst the Demacian populace to teach, like, oh, how awesome Kale is. That's a bit of conjecture, but that seems most likely based on the, the symbology we see in Demacian architecture with all the wings and swords and all stuff, all the Kale epitaphs and, and analogies everywhere. 
But in the end, Demacia, when shown two forms of justice, when shown a sense of either you punish the wicked or you threaten to redeem them, they chose the punishment attribute. They chose to punish. And that really has carried forth in Demacia's culture to this day. It is a... I want to say it's a kind of a wound in Demacia's heart. They've always been about punishment of the wicked. That's literally one of their kind of mindsets is everything evil in the world, we're here to stop it and put it down. But it's been twisted into anything that goes against what we think is right, like magic or um, mostly it's just magic at this point, like mostly magic and mages then that they're wicked inherently and therefore they must be punished just for who they are. And it's a really dark and twisted kind of thing. And I like the fact that in Runeterra, we have a faction who looks all pristine and nice and even worships a, a basically a demigod of justice, but the form of justice they worship is not complete. It is one half. Once again, the sword of their mother was split in twain and landed at each of their feet, splitting the concept of justice down the middle and causing conflict. It was no longer about the totality of justice, about punishment and redemption, about order and understanding. It was no longer about that. It was only about you do what I say, you do what the law says, or so help you. And that is just a tragedy. And I really like that that's the, the, the sense of Demacia. Demacia is the tragedy. The Canticle of the Winged Sisters is the tragedy of Demacia. It is the beginning of what would become modern-day Demacia, the beginning of this dark spot inside its soul, essentially. And it has never healed. And that's why it's led to many of the conflicts in modern-day Demacia, such as the Major Rebellion, which we will cover later. It's very, very fascinating, and I can't wait to talk about the nature of how this influenced uh, Demacia's culture as we talk about more and more aspects of Demacia's stories, characters, and also throughout this year. With that, I hope you all enjoyed this discussion on the Canticle of the Winged Sisters and its impact on Demacia's culture and history. If you have any questions about the story and how it relates to Demacia's culture, please send them in your reviews on your podcast of choice or to loreofrunterra at gmail.com. And like I said, mentioned in the mid-break, you can also now send them through the Discord channel, League of Lore, on the Robots Radio Network Discord, and they'll be answered next episode. And next time on League of Lore, we are going to go into more detail about the two prominent figures in this epic poem. It is time to talk about Kale the Righteous and Morgana the Fallen. See you all next time.